Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I've been trying to cut down on my alcohol consumption. You know this already. Before I was like so anti it. I was like, no, I'm gonna drink. I love a drink. And then um, Mr. Big was like, I think we should try and cut down on our drinking. And I was very much like, who do you, who the hell do you think you are? You think you're better than me? Say. <laughs> Why do you hate me? <laughs> do you want me to suffer? Um, but now I've come around to it. And yeah, I mean, we bought these alcohol-free beers and I'm a bit dubious on like how beneficial they are in comparison to drinking real beers. Mm. But when I think about it, I've gone like the whole week, except Saturday night, um, I've gone the whole week without drinking. I tell you what, I am someone who's done dry January like a few times, maybe twice. Um, twice? Huh? You've done it more than twice. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done it loads. Um, but it actually, as soon as you get into the groove of it, I think it's it's a habit. It's literally like sort of two, three nights in, you're suddenly like, why do I ever drink in like the middle of, like you're, you're suddenly like, this is such a weird thing that I normally do. Um, I suppose. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily improve my sleep or anything like that. But Mm. I think for some people it really does. And some people lose a lot of weight when they give it up and stuff. Mm. Um, I see the benefits on both sides. And and actually I am sat here with my work was giving out seed lip last week. Mm, Yeah. Um, it's not nice so I'm just not having tonic water um but I'm trying to kind of not drink yeah just so much I'm actually not craving it as much which is really weird because it's yeah I've been craving more I think it's these fake beers that give me the feeling of beer um but I follow this uh beauty influencer she's from Toronto She's like gorgeous and she does like yoga or Pilates. I think she does a lot and she's just like quite a slim build. She's got a shaved head. She's got like, she's actually really cool. She has like tattoos on both sides of her body, but they're quite, they like mirror each other, each Mm. side. And she's got ones on her head. Anyway, I follow her and she has mentioned that she's been sober for like two years or something. And normally I'm like, great for you. Like I have no plans to be sober. (laughs) Um, but she recently posted a picture of herself from a few years ago, back when she still drank alcohol, to her now. And I saw this post after Mr. Big had, like, suggested the idea of cutting down alcohol consumption. And when I saw the picture, it was like, you know when they say you put on weight from alcohol mm. or you blow and you're, like, puffier? That was her. And 
compared to now no. where she's like so trim obviously she does other things she works out whatnot but I was like oh my god that could be me <laughs> if I give up alcohol so I don't know it just gave me the impetus to be like let me try this mm, yeah. yeah I think it's fun it's funny there are just certain times where I feel like I really I don't know I stayed at um we had a family thing on the weekend and I packed my stuff so I could stay at my parents' house, not worry about driving, could just relax and have a drink. I only mm-hmm. had I only had two drinks, so I legally could have driven home. Yeah. Um and it just wasn't it just wasn't that kind of an evening. And there are so many times where I am driving home where I'm like, I wish I could have more and yeah. I literally will like make myself a drink the moment I'm through the door back yeah. home. And it's just so funny that sometimes you're really into it. I actually follow a girl who it's just like this glow up guide. She lost quite a lot of weight. I think she was like a size 14 and now she's like a size six to eight. Um, and she has given up drinking and she just like, just doesn't, didn't enjoy it. And she just feels so much better for it mm. and all of this stuff. And I was like, I'm not quite there. Like definitely not. But I think I do want to cut down on just sort of midweek having a glass of something just for the sake of it. Mm maybe save it for occasions yeah if i'm honest i think that oh my god you it sounds like an aa meeting it? <laughs> it sounds I'm like we're really out scarlet and i'm a wino yeah 100%. <laughs> um i will say i think i would struggle during the winter more so than in mm. the summer because i mean we've had a really dodgy like past two years and that's when I think a lot of people started drinking a lot more. Mm. A, we were at home constantly. It was a stressful time, B. And like kind of a way to wind down midweek after work sort of thing. was like, oh, I'm going to have a glass of red. I'm going to have two glasses or whatever. And it became like a, it's like, I think maybe this is just in my nature, but in the morning when I wake up, I have I have to drink coffee. Otherwise, mm. I'll get wrecked by the time yeah. it's afternoon. So it was like in the mornings I drink coffee to get me like going. Got my uppers, and in the evening I can have my downers because mm. I need it. <laughs> I think that's so true. We definitely got into that habit in lockdown, and like at one point I had a joke with my flatmate where I literally would do like the, my commute from the dining table to the sofa which is about four steps but like when you're working and living in such a small environment you needed those signals to turn from like work into evening and things like that um and also now I think there's kind of more reasons for social occasions. And so that's definitely like, I've definitely had quite a few binge drinking moments mm. where, um, yeah, that probably hasn't been the best, but this isn't an alcohol podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what is your fashion story? <laughs> Guys, we're really going through it. What's your fashion story? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a fashion story ish, but today. My Net-A-Porter sale order came through. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I really enjoy receiving stuff from that website. And oh, it's not often. The packaging is lovely. Yeah, I know. And you just feel fancy. Mm. I don't know what it is. It's that black tissue paper or something. Some um, stores just get it right. They get that customer experience right. Yep, yep, yep. And I will say, um, I used to work for them. So I'm going to give you, everyone, a bit of advice because I know this is how it works and this is what's happened to me on this one. So everything I bought was sale. Um, 
And then I think it was the day after or two days after, because my stuff hadn't yet shipped, so it hadn't been dispatched yet, but they emailed everyone saying there's an additional 15% off sale. Mm. If your order hasn't shipped, you can reach out to customer service and say, um, my stuff hasn't shipped yet, but I see you're running an extra discount. Would you honour it for me? And they would. Wow, that's actually really good to for them to even do. I know, but this is the sort of thing, I think if you've never worked in the industry before, people either, okay, there's two types of people. They don't know that you can ask for these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Or there are people who shopped, you know, they shop at quite expensive brands, luxury brands, luxury websites, and they know that there's a level of service that's afforded to them because they spend so much money. I want to just make sure that everyone knows I didn't spend a ton of money. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not out here balling or anything, but there are those customers who do spend Mm. thousands with these websites and they are used to a higher level of service. They know they can ask for things and they have the balls to ask for things that like Joe blogs wouldn't even know that she could ask for, for them. So yeah, if ever you order something, guys, and it hasn't dispatched, maybe maybe it's not just Netaporte, but maybe it's like other ones like Modo Operandi and whatnot. If it hasn't dispatched and an additional discount is added to the same items that you've just bought, I'll ask for them to honour it for you and they'll issue a refund. I love that. Yeah. Um, that wasn't my fashion story, but um, a quick one after that is the Azadina Laya Haute Couture show. I mean, you know, we were talking about last week. Is it last week or the week before? Revlon episode, anyway. Ah. And we said that we really appreciate when brands double down on what they're good at and what (laughs) they know to be their, like, bread and butter and their, their brand ethos or whatever. And I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the Elias show, but because, you know, he's passed and it's now under like a new creative direction, you can see how strong like the, the house codes are and how they've tried to honour that and continue it. And Azadine Elias is like, it's, it's super sleek and it's really sexy. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of colours. It's like, it's black, white. Not black, yeah in it and very form fitting but as you said it's mostly black and yeah it's just like really like understated sexy if that mm. makes sense that's what it is like a, as for a brand um and yeah I just felt like it really honored what the brand is what it stands for and I think it really has a place in like 2022 as yeah well. Hmm. I think that's really interesting that you think that they've managed to find that brand ethos and keep that consistent despite the fact that he's not there because I I actually think that must be really challenging to do I mean don't get me wrong they have a very clear aesthetic but you do find that often creators want to come in and sort of change it a little bit and put their own stamp on it so yeah yeah and I think that again it makes it makes like financial sense as well I think to Mm. do something that other people aren't necessarily doing because people buy into that it's like remember the days of like Hervé Leisure and that was his bread and butter like bodycon yeah form-fitting tight fabric and you know that if you go there that's what you get you know and that's what you're looking for Mm. um and I think that okay, we will go on to talk about this brand. But Balenciaga, particularly it's like a it's like a streetwear brand right now, isn't it? It's a bit yeah, a bit like that. Um and it can sometimes be all things to all people. And so that's why they come off a little bit gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What is your fashion story? So I sort of have two. One is Florence Pugh. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a actress. 
Yes, I'm going to have to Google to write. And basically, she went to the Valentino show. Or was it a red carpet event? I think it was to a show. In a pink tulle, like sheer dress where you could see her nipples through it. And basically, she wrote this sort of Instagram caption when she posted photos, making a very poignant thing of saying, because obviously there was commentary on the fact that people could see her nipples, and apparently people were sort of like berating her for having small boobs. And she was like, I'm really aware of what statement I was making by wearing this. Like, I did not take this statement lightly. I'm think it's disgusting and vulgar that men think they can comment on the size of my assets and my figure and how are we not in a world where we celebrate people's vessels that keep them alive um and basically all of this stuff and it was just kind of quite like a powerful thing and I think touching on how I think we mentioned this when we were talking about JLo how like fashion can be really used for powerful messages and is such like a vessel and a vehicle for people to make poignant statements Mm -hmm. Um, and I just thought that was quite cool that she she kind of made her little political free the nipple kind of it like and then even was just like I think she had one image where she covered up her nipples and she's like for the people who were terrified of this one inch of darker material because like people are just yeah terrified of it seemingly Um, I think that's really really interesting in that I think it can go both ways mm. tell me if you think I'm wrong um I think it is really vulgar for people to talk about the size of her tits I mean like come on and she also made the point like you seem you like think big ones are disgusting too like you're a slut if you've got big tits so if you've got small ones what's wrong with that like what is the perfect size (laughs) yeah um we see really revealing clothes all the time Mm. on red carpets whether it's illusion mesh or in music videos and i thought we were just beyond being like oh my god there's so much skin because trust me countless like female rappers like spread it wide open and we're just like yeah whatever <laughs> you know I've seen it yeah. before um but at the same time when we see music artists actresses male and female I'm talking about and they obviously the way they look directly correlates to how successful they can be mm-hmm. your beauty makes you money in a sense it doesn't matter if you're you know you're an amazing actor actress in your own right if you look great and you look appealing to people that benefits you so you go out there making money off your looks now if you're going to make money off your looks and you're putting yourself out there on red carpets and events and all of and modeling and all of that stuff then it's fair game to criticize the way you look yeah right yeah it's I think it works both ways it's like it's great when you make money off it and you can profit off it but suddenly it's bad if we have an opinion on it now mm. don't get me wrong I think it is vulgar to say oh she's got small tits and blah 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 I think that's you know disgusting yeah I think it's fair to say like if you are someone who thinks that like you are more of a conservative dresser keep the same energy for everyone you know, I wouldn't want to see it on the street or blah, 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 blah. But there is a there is a level of, you can't be mad when people criticise, no? Yeah, and I also think we sort of have to, we have to remember, I would never, ever go anywhere with a sheer top on with, like, my, my nipples out. Like, yeah. with, like, it's everyday people commenting on it. Um yes. And I think it's really hard for us to relate to the kind of the platform or the confidence or whatever that these people have um, because we're just really regular, normal people who don't do an extraordinary job. Yeah. I think maybe it's 
easy for people who are part of Hollywood, who live in a Hollywood bubble, who see a lot of bold fashion statements, um, couture, they, you know, they're always seeing out of the ordinary clothing. They are unaware of how, as you said, us normal folk perceive clothing and what we used to and what we do for ourselves and because yeah you're right I like the, I actually really like the dress she was wearing yeah I'm not that fussed about her nipples but that's just me mm. but having said that even though I'm not fussed with her nipple I would never leave my house with my nipple showing like that so there is a disconnect between yeah between the two yeah yeah for sure for sure and yeah she's she's in a fortunate position where she can be celebrated by us but yeah you best believe if i walked into the local waitress like that i'd probably be arrested so it's we're trained you know to see things in certain ways so it is difficult um yeah what's a good point you made like legit someone would call the police on you and say there's a woman flashing in waitress you know, like there my, are kids, my kids here. Yeah, you, you get booked for indecent exposure. <laughs> if there was a man <laughs> in a bush, <laughs> if there's a man with like sheer trousers on with his schlong out, like what the fuck? <laughs> it's yeah. true. You live in Hollywood and you have your own bodyguard, and you're being chauffeured everywhere. Mm. Those you don't have those everyday interactions. That's not your real life. So. Yeah, it's a really good point you made, I think. Yeah. And then my second fashion story is I saw a recent Instagram post. I don't know who which what sister it was, if it was Kim or if it was Chloe. But these Kardashian sisters are shrinking. Mm. They are so skinny. And I saw I think like I think it was like a TikTok that showed like the evolution of Kim's body and how like drastically it's changed and how her bum has suddenly really disappeared uh it used to look like stuck on and now it kind of looks much more natural um and the same with chloe and chloe is so skinny and they're really like yeah essentially look just like their bones and muscle and i just have such a prediction that they're changing the celebrated body type that they once created Mm. so they once created that curves are beautiful and hey we can't help it we've got big bums and that's how we were born and we've got boobs and our stomachs aren't always flat we try really hard we wear waist trainers but it's not natural to us and now they've become like some hybrid of a really tiny skinny girl making like this crazy hourglass shape that is so not attainable for most people bearing in mind they've had kids as well and they have like washboard looking abs and their boobs set up by themselves i just think they're really first of all if you're a girl that's had a bbl because you want to look like them you'll probably want your money back um but also it's just it's just, I think it's going to be have a knock-on effect, I just feel. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this. Mm. I think there's so much to talk about. I think there's the issue of them drastically changing. First off, them getting a lot of work done and not being honest about it. And now changing their body so drastically um, and how that will potentially it may or may not but how that will also affect beauty standards quote unquote um how kim views her body as just to her her body is the most malleable thing for her it's like getting her hair done yeah. one day not do the next day it's straight down you know like i genuinely feel like kim treats her body as an accessory and it's her biggest asset and she knows it. And for us, normal people, we would think she's already had so much work done to her body. Same with um, Chloe as well. Um, she's already had so much work to, done to her face and her body. We cannot even comprehend 
her having more. Like mm. to most people, you get most women have nothing. Some people might get one, like a big job, nine, might get lipo, yeah, and that's significant, mm. and that's it. Or they might get their nose done and some lipo or something like that, and that's it. But to then go like every every couple of years, you're getting liposuction, you're getting body contouring, you're getting fat, you know, placements and brow lifts and lip filler like oh my it's like never ending mm. that is what is kind of scary to me what does she look like in real life like genuinely because I've never met the woman in real life so she looks great in pictures but a little bit scary but I think this is also the harmful thing and I notice it more on Chloe when the Kardashians is being filmed they have for sure have a bit of a filter. Like we're not, we're not, we're not seeing their skin. Lighting is very soft imagery. Yeah. And I don't want to diagnose anyone, but genuinely I wouldn't be surprised if Chloe has an eating disorder. Mm. She's she, I feel like she's almost got some form of like body dysmorphia because of how heavily she edits herself. The caricature she's making of like the way she's doing her makeup all this stuff like it actually doesn't look nice like it could she could definitely she would look a lot softer if she wasn't trying to look so like yeah, so, pulled. so like pulled and gaunt mm. um yeah i don't know she's lost a lot of weight yeah um yeah yeah, and it's it's to me, it's it's a what what they say like a different side of the same coin. Mm. It's just a situation of this never ending pursuit of something. Of yeah, some, you know, you're chasing a new standard as soon as you meet one of them. Yeah, and we have to remember like they don't even meet their own standards. Mm. Like. I've never met them in real life and I doubt they look just like they do in pictures and on their own TV show that they produce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she, Kim seems to give us the illusion that despite all the work she's done, she's still not botched and she could actually be botched in real life. Mm. But we don't know. We and it sounds ridiculous because we're like, she's gorgeous. No, she must be. Look at her. Yeah. But, but Instagram's not real life and we know that. It's got to have taken a toll and yeah. Yeah. Because like, let's be honest, Chris definitely doesn't look the way she does on that TV show. She's a lady who's 70 years old. Yeah. Like gravity will have found parts of her face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The case. I really need to sign up to Hey You. You were talking about this before. Yeah, um, they're now on Disney though. Their new show is on Disney. Oh, it is. <gasps> oh yeah, I need to get the login for my sister because I'm. We already have Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's 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 a good show. I will say. I've seen parts of it and it did look like something I could sink my teeth into. We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. And speaking of Miss Kim K, she's inspired the topic of today 
um, with her modelling in the latest Balenciaga show with the likes of Nicole Kidman. (gasps) And so we're talking celebrities basically taking on the role of a model and is that right? Does it work? Should they? Why are they? Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I, I was thinking about this and researching sort of different topics and questions around celebrities being models and all of that stuff. And it made me think that models um, have really faced quite a lot of like difficulty, I would say, over the last 10 years with the rise of the Instagram influencer that's arrived and essentially also taken their jobs in terms of there's now these people who have brand collaborations and they're ambassadors and they're suddenly becoming models and modeling for magazines like Zoella's been on the front of loads of covers blah 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 and now with celebrities also walking in shows it's like it's making their job a bit more redundant yeah, that's, that's such a good point to start off with. You're right. Um, Instagram, I would say single-handedly in like the West, at least, um, has really knocked models off their pedestal. Mm. Before, like, off the back of like the 90s and the 2000s, a model was like you were either in catalogue, you were in runways or like ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. And that was a legit profession. It's not something everyone could do. It's not every, not something that everyone was allowed to be part of you know you had to be you had to it was an elite club it was an elite an elite club and a club you have to sort of be invited into you had Mm. to sort of have been scouted it was a big deal and like you said you got categorized if you were just a bit cutesy you were catalog if you kind of looked a bit peculiar you'd maybe be high fashion like yeah right and remember growing up it was like this girl got scouted in Topshop in Yeah. <laughs> and not by one of those like weird people who would just invite you to like a photo session, you know, no. and, like you'd just be walking around and someone like, would be like, do you want to come have your pictures taken? It was like proper, like people would get scouted. Yeah. <laughs> not pay 160 pounds to get, yeah. get dressed up for the day. Um no, yeah, the the scouting story was part of a model's appeal. And yeah. you were leggy and you were either, you had, as you said, you had a cute face or you had an edgy face and you had an edgy haircut. And mm. then, as you said, you were categorised based on your look and that would determine the direction that your career went into. And then along came Instagram and everyone could put themselves out there and YouTube as well. Um. And now, especially when you watch things like Love Island, for example, and people say, oh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm a model. And instantly now people think, oh, she's an Instagram baddie or she's like an Instagram model. And she just, you know, she posts pictures of herself or himself either in the gym, in tight Gymshark fits mm-hmm. or bikinis um, and that's at all pictures of them in trackies up against a range rover um and they make a killing off it on instagram and i'm not knocking the profession at all because literally if i could earn six figures a year on posting pictures of myself i'd be <laughs> i'd be doing it but now the the term of model doesn't come with the same connotations that it used to mm. 20 years ago more than that as well 30 years ago yeah and I I think I've said this in a previous episode but I can't the last sort of famous model I'm aware of of hitting the scene is Kaya Gerber yeah like I haven't uh, Haley Baldwin, didn't she? Yeah, so she was kind of after the wave of like Haley Baldwin, Kendall, like the GGs. Um, oh, sorry, the GGs, <laughs> the Hadids, <laughs> the GGs. Um, 
after that wave, but I wouldn't say there are any, maybe I'm older and I'm not as in tune, but I don't know of any high profile models since her. And I wonder if that's because we're seeing that and maybe this was the problem in the first place is that we had sort of the top models in the 90s and in the noughties, yeah, there were still top models, blah, blah, blah. But they have now become round... Maybe it's because everyone becomes a rounded celebrity and no one kind of sticks in their lane, right? Like Hayley Bieber, she's got a skincare range. Kendall Jenner, got some tequila company. Um, like, they all don't just stick in their lane. So maybe it's because they're some rounded celebrity that it blurs the line of when celebrities try and become models. But there's something's gone wrong to kind of wish-wash the model industry. I think you're right in that everyone now, whether you're a model or you're an influencer or you're an actor or whatever, everyone just falls into that general celeb. Even Mm. if you're a rapper, you're, you're now, rappers have like chicken wing chains, like... Oh my god, Ed Sheeran has like clothing now. He's not really a guy that I would go for. Yeah, fashion advice. But anyway, Um, (laughs) everyone becomes a celebrity. So to the point of should celebrities be models? It's kind of like, well, then why not? Mm. Because models are celebrities. Exactly. I mean, up until this point we've seen celebrities, so people who aren't models, everyone except models, be on the face of magazines. Mm-hmm. And they've up until now done relatively good jobs. I mean, they're a famous face, gorgeous, in nice clothing, in a static image on a magazine. And it's kind of just made sense because yeah. people are able to flog anything. They put their face on something, it will sell. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've seen from this Balenciaga show is that, you know what? They don't have what it takes to be an actual model. So we saw Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. Mm -hmm. We saw, as you mentioned, um, that scary lady. Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Nicole Kidman was there walking the show. And obviously Kimberly. Noel Kardashian was there. <laughs> and yeah, their walks were static, was um, rigid. Mm. Their eyes were a bit scary. Now, because they all kind of gave us the same look, I wonder... vibe. Yeah, gormless. I wonder if they were told to look that way. But then... But the other Cam- models kind of didn't, right? Yeah. To be honest, Naomi Campbell always just walks the way she wants to walk. Yeah. I don't think she ever really but takes This is my that. world, yeah. <laughs> She's always got that straight, like, bone straight hair, regardless of what the theme is. <laughs> I don't care what the styling is, this is how I'm turning up. <laughs> how I want my look to look like. Um, she's always giving us sexy legs, regardless of if it's a sexy show. Of the skirt length. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And when she walked out after them, it was like, oh, yeah, this is what being a model is. Mm. Is she's, she's putting me at ease. I don't know what it was, but she gave some life to the garments that the other three did not. Mm. Maybe it was the thing where each one of them in their heads was thinking, I need to look high fashion. I need to look like a certain way, you know? Um, and they were making a caricature of what it means to walk in an oak couture show. I don't know. That's that's the only reasoning that I could come up with. Mm. It was just... I just don't even know how to describe it. It just was like... Really wooden... Um, I definitely expected better than Kim, for Kim, from Kim. I mean, I expect nothing from Nicole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
the clothes were tight and all of that stuff but i don't know even just where the show was held was kind of i thought a bit unusual sort of it looked like a really like I don't know. I don't know if it suited the clothes. Maybe it was on purpose. Who knows? I think that's the same place that they did last year's Okachu show. And it's a, essentially, it's like a replica of the original room. It's probably the same. Yeah, room. It, that's, it gives me the like the rooms that you would have done shows in. Origi- like, yeah, it gives me that vibe. It kind of kept the same aesthetic of what it was like in the, I think, the, like the 40s or yeah. whatever. Yeah. When Balenciaga originally was doing Okachu. Yeah. But obviously the clothes kind of look a bit bonkers against that backdrop. Mm. Um, I mean, I had sent you a picture of Nicole Kidman the day before this show wondering why the hell she was suddenly becoming some Kim K 2.0 with her Batman glasses on. Um, But you just... If I were a celebrity, I would have wanted walk training or i wouldn't have wanted to be out of my depth um and i think you you sent me a tiktok and a girl made just a really brilliant point that it's not that easy to be a model and like you said people compose and like you can let's be honest if you're famous you're probably attractive it's a general rule um and if not, you can get some airbrushing and they know your angles and give you the best lighting and, you know, wardrobe to make you look as good as you can look. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that aspect of modelling appears easier, although obviously models get really kind of high fashion shots and whatever. But this live action modelling, it makes you realise how hard it is to actually walk and not look gormless or and have your eyes sort of scanning the room and looking bright but also knowing where you're going and to channel what you need it to and have a confidence about you and your walk to yeah say something that's like you're walking with a purpose but you're not moving too much and you're letting like it's actually a lot of work and I definitely couldn't do it myself mm-hmm. and I think it's it's a reminder of the skill that is involved in it all and let's be honest how big a deal did they used to be make the walk if you ever watched america's next top model when the girls would be sent out to castings and they'd have to do their walk how mm. that was the biggest deal was how, like if you had a good walk or not yeah well that's the thing when you're a celebrity you get to bypass all those gatekeepers really yeah through the back door and that's um that is quite often the criticism of a lot of these nepotism babies who are, you know, like the Kendalls, the Gigi, the Bellas, the, um, oh, what's, uh, Kaya, the Kayas, um, whether their, their mums were models back in the day themselves or they are just the Kardashian Jenner. They haven't had to go through as rigorous criticisms and rigorous training and all of that in order to get these top jobs walking for like the biggest shows in the world so yeah when you're Kim Kardashian you're you're not necessarily gonna say you know what I really need help on my walk yeah I don't think I'm gonna do it justice you're gonna be like I'm Kim Kardashian I've I've got this yeah I've modeled I know my best angles. I know what I'm doing. And there's not going to be that level of humility because as far as she's concerned, her body is her asset. Like, of course she knows what she's doing. Mm. Then you've got Christine Quinn, who is uh, full of herself anyway. (laughs) Yeah. She thinks probably because she's... And she probably is like, it's about damn time that I've been invited to do this. Yeah. Oh, because she spends like a million dollars each year in Balenciaga. Um, you know, she, she probably thinks that it's like, you know, if you're like really wealthy, yeah. Okay, we don't know that, but we know, like, <laughs> we've worked in industry. So we'll know one day, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, those customers who are like big spenders, mm. VIP spenders, gold, the gold members. <laughs> yeah, they're in the top tier. 
they're in the black books you know they get invited to all these really exclusive events that these brands are putting on they're the ones getting a whisked away to the cruise shows yeah they're the ones getting um invited to the opening of new stores and all of that this when i saw christine quinn i thought is this just a perk of being a, like a VIP? Has she got that many stamps at Balenciaga that she's allowed in the show now? Yeah. <laughs> the loyalty cards racked up that they thought you can walk in the show if you want and you get to keep the dress. I don't know. I mean, yeah. the, the combo of like... Nicole Kidman does not scream Balenciaga. Oh, God. Um, Christine Quinn has kind of just fallen from disgrace... And now isn't even in the show that made her famous. So why? No, I think she's left. She's not going to be in next season. Don't think so, because she got fired, I think, from the brokerage. Or sort of left without being fired, yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I get what you mean. So, like, she's not... I don't know, like, it's just such a weird thing her next job then like she's no longer real estate well she's not keeping this job for long with the way she was walking um but yeah it's one thing i think you know we've sort of seen when gucci did their anniversary show and there was macaulay culkin walking and gucci's done it a few times and so has dolce and gabbana where they're sort of celebrating celebrities and it's sort of mixed in and it doesn't feel like that big a deal and it's a bit more of like a surprise and it's just sort of that one-off thing but you're still letting the models do the talking whereas this was the main takeaway from this show not even the clothes i haven't mm-hmm. seen anything about the clothes anything about the looks it has been about who was walking in it and quite frankly the bad job that they did yeah, but that's the thing about Balenciaga. It's hardly about the clothes now, is it? They are yeah. complete clout chasers. It's about the attention. They, they do everything for attention. Don't get me wrong. I think there were some actually really cool looks. Even the latex ones with the weird-shaped shoes and the helmets. I, I kind of liked it, you know? Would I wear it? No. But... It was, it really did make us question the idea of haute couture, I think. For me, at least, I quite liked it. It's not your run of the mill. Yeah. Um, sequins, beading and, yeah. and stitching that you always see. Um, but that's the thing. I don't think that Demna, what's his name? Demna Vassalia? I can't pronounce it correctly, but I don't think he's a shit designer. No. Because he can design like great things. He's made a huge success out of this brand um and i think he is actually talented but even talented people know that like why put in all this like why really show off my talents when i can put a dhl t-shirt down the runway and drum up so much brand exposure and sell things out like i think he's like He's working smart and not working hard. Do you know mm. what I mean? And mm. that's the energy that Balenciaga gives me. Yeah. Um, so I think that having these celebs walk in this really shit way and allowing them to do a really bad job of it is part of the hype of this brand. Like mm. all exposure is good exposure for Balenciaga, I think. Um, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. She was watching the show and I felt like she would have done a better job. Why isn't she on the, why isn't she on the runway? There's yeah. other celebrities who I feel like would have walked and would have really done it justice. I think Kim Kardashian is overexposed at this point. But isn't she sort of like their ambassador at this point? Because she did an advert for them. And so she's sort of their poster girl at the moment. Still, like even back in the day, you reckon she'll be their creative director soon? Bloody hope not. Even, even like back in the day when like Kira Knightley was like the hottest shit in town. Mm. Wouldn't want to see her on the catwalk. Yeah, she was never in the catwalk. Do you Mm. remember um, Kirsten Stewart, who's like it girl for Chanel? When they had that show, I think it was Metier de Art one years ago. 
when they had the show and they had no guests and she was the single guest watching the show, which I thought was a really cool concept. She was watching the show. Yeah. She's not the model. She was, she was almost watching the show as if she gets to pick any look mm. out of like, she's that it girl that she can wear whatever she wants out of this collection. You know, it was like a, it's a different dynamic to have your it girl actually do the work and walk in the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I and I think a lot of people like, they kind of like to see the celebrity reaction. They like to see the front row photos. And so when then it's, you're taking people out the front row and putting them in the show. How is that? Um, I guess in terms of a marketing and attention ploy, it's sort of skipping that step of oh I've watched Kim's reaction to that show and seen the outfit she's bought it skips out that step and just goes I want to wear the outfit Kim was wearing in that show um and probably creates a buzz around that um or they're at the very least experimenting with the knock-on effect of the reaction to things like that yeah, I think that's an interesting idea, actually, that you brought up that, as an example, she is the it girl and she steps out in nothing but Balenciaga post-divorce. Um, and the street is her runway, in a, in a way, you know, every time she steps out of a hotel or her house or whatever, that's her runway. That is the chance, that, her coming out of her car is the chance she gets to show her looks each and every day and this is just an extension of that but then I think about the Gucci love parade was it called love parade that love one where they were in Hollywood down the Hollywood strip whatever yeah and that had loads of um celebs and we spoke about that show in a completely different way because it was like celebs who were like near and dear to our heart well I think they just weren't obvious or like Macaulay Culkin sort of came out from hiding, it felt like, to feature in that show. Yeah, but everyone loves him and everyone's yeah. like, I'm so happy that he's doing well. He yeah. And he's healthy. And- no one, no one's looking at Kim going, I'm so, you know what? Good for you. Exactly. And there were other celebs who walked, I can't remember anymore, yeah. but he definitely was like the biggest one. Um, and they all walked Jeff, Oh, Jeff Goldblum yes. did one recently, like a Prada one or something. But again... You're like, yes, Jeff. <laughs> oh, and there was that other actor, I can't remember his name, but sort of like same age range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of vibe. And we watched them like, they look great. They look like yeah. they're having fun or they look like they're wearing stuff they would normally wear. Or It was a completely different vibe. I remember thinking like, oh, well, this is fun. This mm. is different. But this Balenciaga one just seemed pretentious for some reason. Yeah. Um. But a passing comment you made, it was really, it was more of a joke than anything. And you said that, oh, well, maybe Kim's going to be creative directing this now. And it really, when we think about the the Prada show, the Gucci show, this Balenciaga one, they've all had celebs, like more than one celeb, like a few celebs in these shows. And these actors and influencers are infiltrating like the fashion industry mm. in more ways than one now because Kendall was given that quote unquote job as being creative director of some website. Um, Molly May was appointed creative director of Boohoo. Was it Boohoo? Pretty little thing. Pretty little thing. Um, yeah. And they are now like, infiltrating the fashion industry in a different way to how we've seen them in the past. They're no longer just like collaborating with a brand to come mm. up with a fashion collection, you know, like they're, they're really coming at it from a different angle. Like they had Skims collaborating well, not Kim. They had Kim's company and fashion brand collaborate with Fendi, a brand that is a fa- like a, like a pretty big, family run fashion house mm. doing business deals with skims yeah. <laughs> and they're no longer just doing collections by name only with celebs it's like they're really bringing them on to be part of 
the business. Yeah. Yeah, it's super peculiar. Really weird. Um, I think this week's poll is really a question that I have for you, but we'll send it to everyone. Where else do you think that this celeb obsession is moving into in regards to the fashion industry? Where else do you think we're going to see celebs and influencers infiltrate fashion? That's so interesting. Oh. We're normally really good with ideas, you know. I know. Where do I think they'll infiltrate next? Well, I think obviously we've seen the rise of brands and all of that stuff. Um, I can't think where it even is to go if you're modeling in the show like people are being creative directors um mm. I, I think, know, it, yeah i don't know how about you i think the only thing that pop up into my head is like you know we've seen adidas like partner with these local restaurants we've seen gucci open their restaurant uh we had tiffany and co open a cafe in harrods was it um Fendi's got their own cafe these brands are like Mm. things maybe we'll have a celebrity chef or a food blogger food influencer do this hybrid food meets fashion restaurant thing that could be something yeah and well I guess we've also sort of had the train guy Francis Bourgeois, like he infiltrated fashion. Um, he's like weirdly done like a advert with Marks and Spencers with Peppa Pig celebrating the fact that Peppa Pig is like not Peppa Pig, Percy. Percy the P- Percy Pig is thirty years old. Um, same Percy. Um, yeah, I don't know if there'll just sort of be maybe more more things like that. Um, I don't know. I I feel like the only thing that's sort of left to do, and I I really hope it never happens, is like dedicate a collection to a person. Mm. Like them being the like muse. And I know that that's Carl used to very much have his muses, but it Mm. wasn't, it wasn't so much. um, I don't know. It just felt more natural. And I think Chanel's always worked on sort of muses Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I kind of feel like that's maybe the only way it, it could go now um, yeah I know that lots of brands like Hermes and Gucci have a number of brands that are named after women mm-hmm. like um, um others I can't remember now <laughs> you know the famous ones the Birkins the Jane Birkins and all that mm-hmm. um, that is nothing new I think it would be cringe to see a contemporary celebrity get exalted into like iconic status with their own bag or their own collection. I think we just wouldn't like it because we know these celebs and who they really are and they don't come with the glamour of yesteryear or the glamour of the Hollywood yeah. era. Um, we just like, oh God, um, you know, Gemma Collins with a, Gucci bag named after her. <laughs> I like Gemma, but still, we would still be thinking. JC. <laughs> we would be like, what is going on? She could have her own JC monogram on a Gucci bag. You heard it here first. Oh, see, this is what I'm saying. You're good with ideas. <laughs> oh, man. I kind of feel like they're just going to try and sort of take over the world like music film i just think it's going to infiltrate all areas and i just think poor models don't become a model if you want to it's there's no point <laughs> unless you're absolutely otherworldly gorgeous yeah then i mean why even bother going to the fashion industry when you can literally just post pictures on instagram yeah, on instagram and get paid like 20 grand a post or whatever Thank you.
thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.